You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty. I do not busy myself with great matters, with things too sublime for me. Rather, I have stilled my soul, like a weaned child to its mother. Weaned is my soul. Israel, hope in the Lord, now and forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without ends. Amen. St. Teresa of Avila, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Ballenfang, and what a delight to consider St. Teresa of Avila's description of the prayer of recollection in light of a theology of childhood. Prayer often can seem like a difficult thing to do. There are so many natural created goods surrounding us, food, drink, pictures, videos, comforts, places to go, things to do, that turning our attention to prayer alone feels rather unnatural and uncomfortable oftentimes. Yet we remember that we were created for prayer above every other creaturely task and occupation. Relationship with the Most Holy Trinity is our home and purpose for being. So in this episode, I want to discuss what is meant by the prayer of recollection, called this by St. Teresa of Avila, as distinct from other types of prayer, positioning the child as a model of silent contemplation. First, I'll read and comment on a fragment from Italian theologian Sofia Cavalletti's 1979 book entitled The Religious Potential of the Child, followed by commentary on St. Teresa of Avila's so-called Prayer of Recollection. So let's dive in. The first fragment I want to consider from Sofia Cavalletti's book The Religious Potential of the Child this is in the third edition, page 104, within the chapter entitled Prayer. This section, she talks about silence, recalling Maria Montessori's methodology and a special lesson that Montessori would do within the atrium, the learning environment of the child, called the silence lesson. So Cavalletti writes, Finally, an essential element in the education to prayer is silence. We are not speaking about the silence during the moment when one is praying. We are dealing with the real education to silence, 
which is not just the more or less imposed cessation of noise, but the silence that becomes something the child searches for and loves, the silence in which the child feels totally at home. Maria Montessori placed the importance of this in very clear relief. The silence lesson, as it is called, is an extremely significant element in her schools. The children have shown that they delight in the complete immobility that the lesson naturally involves, and they rejoice in recollecting themselves in listening to something that has no sound. Maria Montessori recounts how often it happened that when she began to write the word silence on the board, the whole class stopped their work and became perfectly still before she had even finished writing the word. This is a common phenomenon in Montessori schools. A little child named Chiara, who had this experience of silence within the Montessorian-influenced environment of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, wrote, I like everything at Catechesis, but silence is the thing I like best. What I love about this passage from Sofia Cavalletti in her book, The Religious Potential of the Child, is how the child teaches us adults the importance of recollecting ourselves in the silent way of being. It's a great gift to ourselves when we allow ourselves to become recollected and to listen to something that has no sound. Cavaletti goes on to say, We are not talking about that kind of empty silence which can be obtained in every school by raising one's voice, perhaps, especially when the children are restless. The silence we are speaking of arises very slowly, through the control of even the slightest movement, and extends to enfold the whole group of children in some way. It does not enter from without. It is an interior silence, one that responds to the child's unspoken request to be helped to be recollected. Therefore, it should not be asked of the children when we sense they are not disposed toward it. Silence is not an aid for the teacher to bring the class to order. It is a help to the meditative spirit of the child. I think Cavaletti's passage here really sets the stage for us to think about this prayer of recollection as coined by St. Teresa of Avila. What is this kind of prayer specifically in which the soul is recollected back together again? It is not just a talking out loud to God. It's a way of disposing ourselves to listening to him. So next, I want to piggyback on this passage from Religious Potential of the Child and read just a short quote from St. Teresa of Avila about this prayer of recollection. This comes from her book called The Way of Perfection. This is St. Teresa of Avila's most precise definition of the prayer of recollection. She writes, This prayer is called Recollection, because the soul collects its potencies together and enters within itself to be with its God. In Spanish, llamase recogimiento porque recoge el alma todas las potencias y se entra dentro de sí con Dios. So one more time in English, this prayer she calls 
recollection, recogimiento in Spanish, because the soul collects its potencies, also can be translated from the Spanish potencias as powers or faculties. The soul collects all of its faculties together and enters within itself to be with its God. This prayer of recollection is the very beginning of the prayer of contemplation, which follows from seasoned experience with vocal prayer, that is praying out loud, that is how our spoken words give flesh to the thoughts of our heart, and second, the prayer of meditation, which involves what's called discursive reasoning, thinking of one thing and then another, like the mysteries of the rosary, like various scenes from the Gospels, like the Stations of the Cross, the prayer called Lectio Divina, pondering one thing and then another with the intentionality of the mind. But the prayer of contemplation, which is the highest form of prayer and ultimately is a gift given from God's pure, absolute initiative to the soul, the very beginning of this prayer of contemplation we can identify as the prayer of recollection. St. Teresa of Avila goes on to talk about other, even higher forms of prayer than recollection, that of the prayer of quiet and the prayer of union, which is the soul moving toward ultimate and permanent union with God. But the prayer of recollection, I think, is a good target prayer within our life of daily prayer, because otherwise we tend to stay in the territory of vocal prayer, which is great, and maybe even meditation, which also is great, but often we don't take aim at contemplative prayer. And uh, in the book that my wife Megan and I published called Shoeless, Carmelite Spirituality in a Disquieted World, we have a whole chapter on silence, solitude, and contemplation. And this is where I'm taking some of this commentary on St. Teresa of Avila's concept of the prayer of recollection. But then going back to her book, The Way of Perfection, what she says about this prayer of recollection, you also heard the Spanish and elsewhere in her book, The Way of Perfection, St. Teresa of Avila speaks of this prayer of recollection as very significant for entering into the intimate recesses of one's soul to be alone with God. As she says about this prayer of recollection, La oración del recogimiento de lo mucho que importa este entrarnos a solas con Dios. It's very significant to enter within ourselves to be alone with our God. To be alone with God in the silence and the secrecy of my soul. And the same for you. The Carmelite saints teach us that the soul is God's heaven on earth. St. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians. When he asks, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And where the Holy Spirit dwells, so does God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. This Spanish noun, recogimiento, is derived from the verbs coger in Spanish, to gather, get, touch, grasp, catch, hook, take, lift, grab, nab, land, accept, and recoger, to collect, pick up, gather, reap, harvest, glean, scoop up, bring in, rake in, lift, scavenge. It has both an active and a passive phase to this, the first phase being active. In the prayer of recollection, 
It's all about gathering up this soul that has been scattered, diverted, and spread so thin across so many appetites, affections, and distractions from the unum necessarium in Latin, the one thing necessary that we read about with the sisters Martha and Mary in the Gospel of St. Luke and Mary the sister who sits at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says to Martha, Mary has chosen the better part, that is listening to him and it shall not be taken from her. The, the better part, the unum necessarium, the one thing necessary. The Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about three distinct types of prayer, vocal prayer, meditation, and contemplation, which I mentioned earlier. We read this in paragraph 2711 from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Entering into contemplative prayer is like entering into the Eucharistic liturgy, we gather up the heart, recollect our whole being under the prompting of the Holy Spirit, abide in the dwelling place of the Lord which we are, awaken our faith in order to enter into the presence of Him who awaits us. We let our masks fall and turn our hearts back to the Lord who loves us, so as to hand ourselves over to Him as an offering to be purified and transformed. Such a beautiful definition of contemplative prayer with reference to the Eucharistic liturgy, the Mass of the Church, in which we gather up, that is, recollect the heart, our whole being under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Abide in the dwelling place of the Lord, which we are, and awaken our faith in order to enter into the presence of Him who awaits us. Ah, such a beautiful passage. <laughs> This is why I like to do these podcasts, just sharing these riches of the faith. It's so fun. It's so wonderful. It's uh, inspiring for myself, too. After this podcast, I want to get right back into prayer <laughs> because it's so good. This prayer of recollection itself describes the process of gathering up the fragments of the soul that have been scattered about over the course of earthly temporality. And there are two phases, as I mentioned, to the prayer of recollection, the active phase and the passive phase. This distinction between active and passive is essential to understand the written works of St. Teresa of Avila. The first stage of contemplative prayer is active recollection. This stage surpasses that of all prayer of meditation as it involves a real putting to sleep of the lower and higher faculties of the soul. The lower faculties of the soul, we could say, include various affective or emotional states as moved by the passions such as joy, hope, fear, and sorrow. And the higher faculties of the soul include the intellect, the memory, and the will. Those things that are peculiar to us human beings and the human nature, peculiar to the rational soul, unlike animals and plants and any other kind of biological life form. Especially these higher faculties of the soul distinguish us as being made in the image of God, having freedom and intellect and the capacity to love and to be loved, to receive the other person as a gift and to offer oneself as a sincere gift to the other person. Here, in this prayer of recollection, the soul is personally and actively involved in freely surrendering all of its powers to divine control and mastery. 
Here the soul utters its final and lasting fiat, we say in Latin, let it be done unto me before the face of divine gift. These are the words of her blessed mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, therefore the mother of God. When she says in response to the angel Gabriel, who tells her that she has been chosen by God to be the mother of the Savior of the world, the Latin translation of the Greek scripture there in the Gospel of St. Luke, Ece ancilla domini fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Fiat mihi. Let it be done unto me. So this is what's happening in the prayer of recollection. We're really saying this to God. And the soul is doing this very actively. Let it be done unto me according to your word, according to your will. Here the soul relinquishes command of itself and yields absolutely to the sway of the Most Holy Trinity. Thereby the soul is stilled and hushed. All appetites and affections are quieted. All attachments are perfectly detached and disengaged. The soul is set free to contemplate God and God alone. Because completely recollected back together and remembered, the soul is positioned to make its final ascent to the summit of Mount Carmel, we could say toward union with God, uh, symbolized by Mount Carmel, we read about in Scripture, by putting itself aside, letting itself be lifted by God as an infant in her mother's arms, as we heard in the opening prayer of Psalm 131. And then during the passive phase of the prayer of recollection, God is found to be doing everything in the soul. And there is nothing left for the soul to do by its own powers, save for remaining open, dilated, and porous for the divine operations alone. This pure passivity marks the character of the two final stages of contemplative prayer already mentioned, the prayer of quiet and the prayer of union. And I would say this prayer of recollection is a real target prayer for us followers of Christ. Because it's the beginning of contemplation where the wind of God the Holy Spirit increases its velocity, so to speak, this prayer of recollection capitalizes on the self-exerting stages of purification and illumination in the spiritual life that have preceded and prepared the way for contemplation. The prayer of recollection can be considered the target prayer of the Christian life because it is quite difficult to reach in itself. It certainly is not a given in the daily life of prayer. It presupposes that a soul is in no way stuck in the mire of sin, even venial sins of thought or omission. It presupposes that a soul is perfectly detached from all things of the world and that all unruly affections are in a maximal comatose state. It presupposes that even the higher faculties of the soul, the intellect, the memory, and the will, have become entirely recollected and are not given over to activities other than being totally immersed in this prayer. The prayer of recollection presupposes so much, and one cannot assume that this prayer is happening regularly, especially if all that it presupposes is not in place. All the same, we could say that divine grace makes it possible and desires that every soul makes progress toward this degree of prayer. While the prayer of recollection begins with its active phase, 
that is the soul working to gather up all of its powers fully in the direction of divinity, the passive phase of recollection begins, the radical passivity of the soul that will characterize the subsequent prayer of quiet and the prayer of union. So with this transition to the passive stages of contemplative prayer, the Carmelite saints like Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Therese of Lisieux, Elizabeth of the Trinity, Edith Stein, also known as Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, these Carmelite saints attest that vocal prayer and mental prayer can become more laborious and less productive at this time because once the soul is swooning in the silent love of her divine bridegroom, the stacking up of words can seem like a hindrance to the soul, enraptured in the saturation of the love that had no beginning. To quote American Carmelite's nun Jessica Powers. So this is the prayer of recollection, some thoughts about the prayer of recollection. Again, a lot of my commentary in this episode is taken from my book that my wife Megan and I published called Shoeless. Carmelite Spirituality in a Disquieted World. I'll put a link to it in the description. So thank you so much for joining me in thinking together about the prayer of recollection, beginning with the child who herself or himself is recollected in this welcome silence of being. Silence, stillness, solitude, rest. Entering the rest of God. So may we follow the silent summons of the child to join her in the delight of contemplating the hidden yet ever-present Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may we heed the invitation of St. Teresa of Avila to collect the potencies of our souls together and enter within ourselves to be alone with our awesome and intimate God. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.